Hello and welcome to the Olympic Channel podcast. I'm Ed Knowles. Here lies all the best stuff from OlympicChannel.com. We've got some great interviews plus a small insight into Korean culture. We strive to take you beyond the snow and ice of Pyeongchang 2018. Every single day something massive happens here in South Korea. And yesterday it was a sit-down interview with US freestyle skier Gus Kenworthy and I took an extremely blurry disaster selfie. It's like a direct correlation with how excited I am to meet someone and the standard of picture that I end up with. I need to up my selfie game for absolute sure. And then in a much more sedate setting than our last encounter, I got to interview Japanese figure skater Yasuru Hanyu. He was an absolute gent, and that picture is actually a really special one, one for the scrapbook. And it's in focus because someone else took it, which is good, and that works. <laughs> Both of those interviews will be available on olympicchannel.com sometime after the Games has ended. So make sure you're still coming back to olympicchannel.com after the Games are all done. Anyway, let's forge on with today's podding. So there are daredevils, and then there's 45-year-old Japanese ski-jumping legend, Naraki Kasai. Is it a bird? Is it a plane? No, actually, it's way cooler than that guy. I sat down with gold medal skeleton slider and Ironman aficionado, Jung Songbin. And Norway are having a storming winter games. We speak to Alpine skier and Liverpool fan, Kjetil Jansrud. But first, here are the top stories from OlympicChannel.com. Laura Goot, fearless and philosophical, the Sochi bronze medalist is making an art of dusting herself off and going again. Go big or go home. Big Air is snowboarding's newest event at the Olympics and will premiere in Pyeongchang with a big ramp, big jumps, big risks and big rewards. And Olympic sunglasses, a shady phenomenon is born at Pyeongchang 2018. You can find that story and many, many more at olympicchannel.com forward slash news or go on the app, tap on news and you'll find it all there. Olympic Channel volunteer Heiji Kim will be talking about the interesting bathroom situation here in Pyeongchang a little bit later. But now, watching the ski jump in real life, you get a sense of just what a crazy idea it is to even do it. They don't even look like they're jumping at all. They literally fly, defying gravity just for a little bit. One man who seems to defy not just gravity, but the laws of aging too, is 45-year-old Japanese jumper Naraki Kasai. He's participated in an incredible eight Winter Games, and he's not stopping there. He's hoping to be back for Beijing 2022. Olympic Channel news editor Sven Bush went to find out more. I have to say, there's no specific secret but I think I have some talents that are better than other people. Some Japanese people tend to not give up anyway, so maybe those people who are not giving up will win at the end. How much fun is it to beat these young guys that could be your sons? I am having so much fun. I am amongst all those young athletes with the same passions and the same feelings and thinking about the same thing. I am not really intending to be one of them, but naturally, I am more amongst them. 
a lot of athletes want to continue their careers because they want to see their children perform. How likely is it that we will see you at Beijing 2022? Since I had a baby, my daughter, I was sure that I had to bring my baby to the Olympic Games. So that is why it is their first time to be exposed to the Olympic Games. And of course, I wanted to show them that I could win a medal. Unfortunately, I was not able to win a medal. Maybe it's fate. So the next Olympic Games are in Beijing. And of course, I want to win a medal there. And the next round of the Olympics is going to be my ninth time. For me, and also for the Japanese, number nine is not really a good number. So that's why number nine is still just a stepping stone to my 10th Olympics. That's something that gives me strength to carry on. What a meeting of minds there. Top chaps, both of them. Coming up, South Korea's Iron Man on ice will be hurtling his way into your headphones. But now, it's time to learn a little bit more about South Korea. So many things are different here in Korea, but something as simple as using a toilet is also quite different. Olympic Channel volunteer Heiji Kim is here to tell us about how to go to the toilet here in Korea. Don't worry, it's not <laughs> going to get that bad. But the toilet really is an absolute pleasure here. What types of toilets do you find here in Korea? So we have three different types of toilet that you can find here. One is squatters, which um, now nowadays you started at the, you started at the the worst. That's right, isn't it? The, the squatters yeah, aren't the great nightmare. one. Nightmare. <laughs> yeah. Um, so you basically you have to squat down into this porcelain hole, and then yeah, that's where the the business the business <laughs> happens. Yeah. Uh huh. And then you can just find a Western toilet that we know. And there's a special type of toilet, which is pide. Okay. And it has a lot of functions and it's really awesome. But some of the toilets as well, in restaurants, for example, uh-huh. it's quite common for them not to be inside the restaurant, isn't mm, it? So could yeah. you just explain that process, what you have to do? Sometimes like you need to go outside of the restaurant um, and sometimes they give you a key to go to the res- to the restroom and it's uh, it really depends on the restaurant, but it could be outside or inside. Like in just a normal restaurant, you might be and you, you, you're like, where's the toilet? And then they just point mm-hmm. to a key. But the squatters aren't great. But there's <laughs> something that is really great, aren't they? Yes. Tell us about this B-Day. B-Day is, oh, we got to have it. Like that's our, uh, that's a that's a key to start a day. So there are a lot of functions in bide, like um, it's in the side of your toilet, and there's like dry, um, the the water thing that comes yeah, out. Yeah, like <laughs> a spray. Yeah, and in my house, it the the water automatically flushes down mm-hmm. if I'm done with. I don't oh, even why? have to flush it flush it down. Wow! Like at the back of the the lid. Yeah. Yeah, it just, it's just everything is all completely automatic. Yeah, in my house. Wow. And you yeah. can change the temperature of the different cleaning bits, can't you? To yeah. How strong or fast? Yeah, 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 yeah. What yeah. are the kind of functions of the, that um, we've got going on there? Uh, it kind of depends on like different company, the Bide company. Uh, but I think we have a three level <laughs> like um the um what do you, the level of uh how fast and Yeah. How hard yeah. the water comes out. Like the, um, yeah. Yeah. The pressure of the yeah. water, basically. Yeah, you yeah, can yeah. control everything. Uh-huh. My favorite <laughs> function uh-huh. 
is the warm toilet seat. Yeah, it's it's mandatory. We have we need to have it during the winter season because it's freezing cold in Korea. So <laughs> you can actually find these warm seat toilets um, in really good restaurants or hotels. So, but it's quite mm-hmm. common for people to have those at home, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have it. I have two. I have two of those. Yeah. It's it's cozy, cozy, yeah. c- cozy toilet. Uh-huh. Thank you very much, Hey G Kim. So if you've been following our Instagram stories, you will have seen some of the guys back in Olympic Channel HQ taking the slide pose challenge. Yes, it's totally ridiculous. Yes, they have been curling with detergent. I especially like the ski jumping off an office cabinet. If you want to get involved, then make sure you include the hashtag slide pose. Give Olympic Channel a tag. And now the challenge is set. Don't be a bore. Have a go. So, Norway are having, well, a Winter Olympic Games to remember. And part of that success is five-time Olympic medalist Kietel Janstrud. He's going to take a bronze back home with him this time too for his performance in the Super G. He's big mates with US skier Lindsey Vonn and there's simply no other way to describe him. He's chill. So we found our chillest reporter, Mr. Alessandro Poggi, who asked him which of his five Olympic medals was his favourite. Good question. I think it's hard to compare medals, uh, first of all, because naturally every day, every race is different and and I think I'm just not a fan of comparing. Uh, I think all of, or both of them, the last days have been great. Uh, definitely, I don't think they can compare to the gold in Sochi. How do you feel to be on the podium with your body, Axel? I mean, amazing feeling. I think without uh, it's hard to find the comparisons because you can always you can work your whole life and and most of the athletes do not win anything. And inside the team, there's a lot of individualists, and it's always going to be that way. So you want to ski for yourself, but then sometimes things get bigger than yourself. So then you end up in a story like yesterday, where definitely both Axel and I aimed for the gold. And some of us gets the silver, unless unless we we split uh, split the medals, which we didn't do, which almost never happened. Then it's still such a big moment for the team, but also for the coaches, for the support staff, for everybody that works with the team, also in the by the analysis. So it's one part of being on the podium with my buddy, which I've known for so many years. We've been on the team for 15 years together, traveled so many days. And every small training, every small detail comes together in that race yesterday, being one and two. So that means it, it feels almost like two golds and not the gold and silver, and it's amazing. About Lindsey Vaughan, she mentioned you and Axel as a two uh, life coaches. Yeah, yeah, exactly. What did you mean by that? I guess you have to ask Lindsey, but in many ways, we've known Lindsey for so many years now. Uh, we've spent a lot of time together also in... Uh, the pre-training before the seasons where she's been training with us and we've also been training with the American team and you know she's she's always been an amazing uh, skier and uh, in some way I'm not sure exactly what life coaches mean other than that you know if she has a question I hope I'm the guy that can answer them and the other way around if I ever would have uh, an if I have skiing questions, I can even ask her. And that's kind of unique in the way where, you know, you'd think women racing and men's racing and that we don't share a lot of stuff, but we do. And Lindsay is probably, or is the best female skier of all time. And, you know, she even wants to race with the guys, but that's how good she is. But uh, 
I'm not sure if uh, the answers to her life coach questions, uh, if I'm the right guy to ask, but I'm honored to be in the mention as one. Have you, have you helped her to find a Valentine? No, not at all. Uh, I think she manages that uh, pretty good herself. But uh, if, if she had asked me if uh, this guy was good enough, at least I could have said no, but I haven't been asked, so that's fine. Great job there by Alessandro, but he didn't ask him about Liverpool. Maybe next time. Thank you to both. Now, in Vancouver 2010, South Korean figure skater Yuna Kim captured the world's imagination and the country became, well, obsessed with that sport. Ask anyone about skeleton here in South Korea before Young Song Bin and it wasn't that likely that you would have found an expert. But the change after the Iron Man's gold medal is palpable. His iconic choice of helmet, as well as his gold, has elevated him to a status as a real-life superhero. A humble one, though. I spoke to him and I asked him whether he felt as though his life had changed. In this Olympic Games, one of the reasons why I tried to get a gold medal was because I wanted people to know about this sport. And I feel grateful and happy that I accomplished this goal. Experiencing a change in life is a happy thing, so I will accept any changes that I will have and will continue to strive to do my best. Uh, before the competition, preparations didn't go as well as they could have done because you suffered from the norovirus, got a bit sick. Um, how did this affect your preparations? There was no way to overcome the virus. Even on the competition day, I had to start competing while I was suffering heavily in pain. But the pain actually helped me get more focused on the game. So I think I was able to get a good result because I had this pain with me. The next Olympic Games are in Beijing, which is a, a, an exciting place to visit. Is that the aim now? What are the future plans? Actually, talking about the plan for the next Olympic Games is a bit early. Again, the Olympic Games don't happen next year, but it takes a few more years to prepare for it. So I would have to restart that training process again to prepare for the next Winter Olympic Games. What a gen. And that's the end of that. Favourite shout-outs include Rebecca, who was very complimentary and made me blush about the podcast, so that was nice. And also Mary, who is listening back in Chilwall, back in the UK, who I hear is listening intently as well. Any shout-outs are always appreciated. Hit the subscribe button if you can. Go on, be a pal. And don't forget the Slider Post Challenge. It's been set. I want to see them. Don't let us down. So it's bye for now. Until next time.